This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Don't get sacked by the high cost of health care. Make Farm Bureau Health Plans your first line of protection. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Good to see you, Miss Wells, and, and in person, as a matter of fact. Mike Keith, it is so cool to be in person, but I'm realizing why you are what you are just to Titans fans everywhere and why I am not on the same level as you because you have sitting in front of you a single sheet of paper and nothing else. I have like 30 sheets of paper and my computer in case I need to Google something in the middle of this show. So proud of you for being very prepared. Well, or not. Well, yeah, I mean, there might be nothing written on that paper. I can't tell. No, what I've done is I've sort of done a compilation of the last few days. Because this is Friday, March the 19th, and all of this supposedly started Monday at 11. So this is four-plus days of the off-season. It didn't officially start until Wednesday at 3. But the tampering is legal, Mike, so it's somewhat official. Well, and some of it, I mean, there were there were players that had deals like 20 minutes after the, the period began. It's like... Wow, that was really fast. That's a quick phone call. How did that happen? Hmm. Amazing. (laughs) But uh, the Titans, more busy, less busy, or as busy as you expected them to be? More busy. Me too. Yeah, definitely. I knew that things would happen. There are always things that are happening. John Robinson is literally always working. But I didn't think that we would have the amount of activity especially as early as the Titans did. That surprised me. All right, so the Titans have agreed to terms and formally announced the following free agents. Danico Autry, defensive lineman, Indianapolis. Morgan Cox, long snapper, Baltimore. Bud Dupree, outside linebacker, Pittsburgh. Janoris Jackrabbit Jenkins, cornerback, New Orleans. Kendall Lamb, offensive lineman, Cleveland. They've also reportedly agreed to terms with a defensive back, but because this is the official Titans podcast, we're going to stay official. This is not reportedly the Titans podcast. This is not the ROTP. Yeah. This is the OTP. Yep. But sounds like they have another defensive back on his way. (laughs) So uh, John Robinson has been very busy. Resigned. Jayon Brown. Linebacker, Anthony Ferkser, tight end. Jeff Swain, tight end. Ty Sambrello, offensive lineman. Did I leave anybody out? Kari Blassingame. Well, but that's last week. Oh, sorry. I, I, I mean, they're okay. They're, All right. There are yeah. few like that. That is not. I mean, in Breon the week. Borders would yeah. also be in there, and I'm just going for as much as I can in the week. I get that. Okay, guys who have departed and signed with other teams, and this is as of right now. Corey Davis, wide receiver, Jets, Desmond King, cornerback, Texans, Jonu Smith, tight end, New England. Players that the Titans have released, uh, Dory Jackson, cornerback, Malcolm Butler, cornerback, Dennis Kelly, offensive tackle, Adam Humphreys, wide receiver, Kenny Vaccaro, safety, official trade, Isaiah Wilson on Wednesday was officially dealt 
to the Miami Dolphins. That had happened before, but it didn't become official until this week. Of all of that, what's the biggest surprise, Amy Wells? Oh, my goodness. What is the one thing out of all that that you went, whoa, I didn't see that coming? I don't know if there's anything I didn't see coming. Probably some of the people that were released. Okay. There were some people that, especially like the Dennis Kellys of the world, the Kenny Vaccaros, who are just veterans that it seemed the team leaned on and were a big part of the 2020 season. And I was surprised, kind of forgetting where we are right now in the world. We know that this offseason was going to be so different. We knew that the cap was going to be a real issue. We knew that free agency was going to look so different. But kind of forgetting that in the moment, I was like, oh, man, Dennis Kelly really liked him. Like He was a good player for us. So that kind of surprised me. Um, Was really excited to get Bud Dupree. That was just an exciting thing for me. What about you, Mike? Keith, what surprised you? That the Titans were able to land Bud Dupree. I, I thought, I mean, they're, they're apparently, if you listen to Bud Dupree, there was a ton of competition. It was going to cost a lot of money. I don't know if I thought he was the number one guy because I'm not enough of an expert, but my perception, just as an announcer guy who's been around the NFL, my perception was at his position he was either one or two. He was certainly right at the very top according to sort of what, flavor you were looking for were you looking for a 4-3 guy a true 3-4 guy were you looking for more of a pass rusher or were you looking for a guy like him who can do it all I thought he would cost so much that it would be very hard to land him and listen the Titans spent a lot of money on him but I mean I think he is he is an incredibly special player and so for the Titans to be able to get that done I've been through the Peyton Manning free agency, enough of the other things that you sit there and go, well, I hope it's us, but I don't quite believe it. And John pulled it off. I mean, he, John Robinson got Bud Dupree. And it's not that I don't have faith in John. It's just those are hard. Right. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right that there was a lot of competition for him. I didn't know. But Dupree's a Titans fan. Mm-hmm. He was a Titans fan. Uh, so this was exciting for him. I wasn't aware of that. That was an exciting thing to learn. This leads us right into your interview with Bud Dupree. So it's Alvin, don't call me Alvin, Bud Dupree with Amy Wells on the OTP. Bud Dupree, welcome to the Tennessee Titans. We're excited to have you back in the South. You grew up in Georgia. You played at Kentucky. Now here you are in Tennessee. How does it feel to be back? Man, you know, it feels great to be back in the South. It seems like a pipeline I had here. You know, high school ball, college ball. Now I'm back in the Titans. So, man, it's, uh, it's always been a dream for me to play for the Titans, actually. Even though growing up, my favorite team you know, was the Falcons just being in Georgia. Man, but Tennessee, man, has always been my, you know, my, my, favorite, my favorite team other than that, man. You know, Eddie George. Man, the late McNair, man, a lot of those the, the OG guys, man. This is a blessing to be able to just play for play for this organization. Now, what is it about this Titans defense right now that really appeals to you? You know, the DBs, man, the DBs are uh, tremendous. You know, they're doing a great job, man. You know, the inside linebackers is just I can go on and on about the defense, man, that, that they're making plays, you know, up front, the big guys they have it three techniques and stuff too. Also Landry, he does a great job too, man. 
that's a lot of moving pieces on this defense. And, uh, you know, they're coming together tremendously as we've seen over the last couple of years, how they're playing uh, cohesively together along with the offense. They're just making, they're making it work. Big games, they're winning big games. They're coming up, they're coming up uh, short a little bit from the, from the big dance, but man, you know, seeing the growth of this organization and seeing in the direction they're going, I mean, you couldn't be more excited for the program. One of your future teammates is Jeffrey Simmons, someone that you've worked out with a little bit. Knowing his style of play, knowing your own style of play, how do you feel like you guys are going to fit together on the football field? Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to get cleared so we can go back and start back grinding the offseason together along with the other guys, man, so we can really get a feel. Now that we know we're on the same team, we can really work together despite of just uh, I'm working at the same place you're working at. Let's get some work in. Nah, it's a bigger goal now when we're in the offseason together as a whole. You know, that's the fun part about it, being able to be in, that, in those type of environments with your teammates, you know, putting the pressure on each other, man. Let's get better. Let's do this. Let's let's do this extra, man. Let's make sure we're let's making sure we're connecting the dots as a unit. Yeah, it'll all be fine. Now you mentioned getting cleared. Your 2020 season was cut a little short due to injury, but in the 11 games that you played, you were able to get eight sacks. That's a lot of sacks for 11 games. Tell me the uh, Bud Dupree key to getting a sack. Man, you know I'm a speed rush guy, man. I think a lot of times people on the speed, you know, uh, when you overset speed, you'll be able to turn it into power. And I'm a big guy, so I like to do power moves as well. And, you know, when it's crunch time, you got to be able to put your pin your ears back and be able to get to the quarterback, man. It doesn't matter how you get to the quarterback, which way, just make sure you get there. You've had a career that's had some hills and valleys. You're not a guy who is unfamiliar with the spotlight. You were a first-round draft pick and then kind of experienced some rocky patches early, but then really rose and kind of came into your own with the Steelers. What did you learn in your time in Pittsburgh that you're going to bring to the Tennessee Titans? Overcoming adversity. Like you said, I was a first-round pick, came into the league, pretty strong rookie campaign. Second year, missed like 10, 11 games due to a sports hernia. Only got a chance to really play like the last couple games and in the playoffs, third year, came back again. You know, changed from the left side to the right side and was able to start making an adjustment on that side of the ball as well. So, you know, man, just bring it to the team, man. You know, overcoming adversity just the whole time at Pittsburgh, you know, different stuff that was going on within the organization, overcoming that. Also, you know, just personal adversity as well, you know, and just keep being able to grind it in, grind it out, and then just get to where I'm at now. And then also just to take that aspect of it and to continue to grow. So not stopping now, but continue to climb the ladder each and every day. What about Mike Vrabel's style as a coach, as a former player, as a former Steeler? What appeals to you? What appeals to me is how Mike Vrabel goes to people pro days and actually blocks the D lineman. That's all you need to know about a coach like him, man. You know, he's all in. If he's really putting his hand in the dirt trying to block a D lineman as an offensive lineman, you know, when he's actually the one doing the drills and not just pity patting, where he's really trying to put his hands on you and move you and seeking you moving back. So when you see a guy do stuff like that, man, you know, that's all you need to see. You know, it's really nothing else to talk about. Question I have to ask you because I've been a fan of this for a while. Bud brought a buddy, the show <laughs> that you had. <laughs> Tell me about how that started. Is being on TV something that you hope to do one day? Man, Bud brought a buddy was just really, I came up with this concept to try to like uh, show people a different side of personality, not just for me but for other players on the team. All you see is the football face, the stuff we do on the field, the helmet. But a lot of fans don't really know about our outside lives, stuff that we got going on off the field, you know, and just our personal thoughts on a lot of stuff in the, in the, in the world. It was fun, man. It was a fun time doing it. A lot of people like the show. We'll see what it brings. You go by Bud. Your real name is Alvin. Who's allowed to call you Alvin? Man, nobody called me Alvin 
since I probably was born. No, I'm a junior, so my dad named Alvin Senior. I only remember one person like ever calling me Alvin the whole time. Even when I was school growing up, the first day I remember Bud, that's what it was. Bud growing up, Bud, 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 Bud. And uh, it just stuck with me the whole time. When I was getting recruited by college coaches, they'll come to the school, like we're looking for Alvin. They were like, man, I don't know who that is, but I know who Bud is. Well, Bud, we are so excited to have you in Tennessee. Welcome to the Titans. Man, thank y'all, appreciate it. I love that. Yeah. No one calls him Alvin. Yeah, it's not even like, don't call me Alvin, just like, I won't respond because no one knows who Alvin is. That was so great. So funny to me. I love it. That they would come to the school to see him and would say, Alvin Dupree, and he didn't know who that was. Don't know who Alvin is. Yes. No Alvin here. Well, I'm glad he's here. Me too. I think it's phenomenally exciting to get him. The other guy that I really enjoyed meeting was Kendall Lamb, an offensive lineman. He's from Matthews, North Carolina originally, played at App State, made the NFL when Mike Vrabel was an assistant coach in Houston, so he knew Vrabel. He made it as an undrafted. Has played a lot of extra tackle, you know, coming in as that jumbo guy. Has started at right tackle, has played some left tackle. He was a left tackle at App, started 42 games there, and was a delight to visit with. A typical offensive lineman who has a big personality and will fit right in with this group. I don't know if he starts. You know, I, I don't know if, if he's the new right tackle. I don't know if something else happens and he ends up at another spot. I don't have any idea. But you get the feeling he fits what they do in terms of, hey, wherever you can throw me in, throw me in. Absolutely. He seems like that versatile guy who's just happy to contribute. He wants to help however he can. And as the Titans sadly know, Kendall Lamb has hands. We discussed that right off the bat. Chubb is the fullback. Hunt is the tailback. Mayfield throws. Lamb is wide open in the end zone. Tackle eligible play. And the Browns have a touchdown. Kendall Lamb, is it fair to say that your best football moment so far in your career came at Nissan Stadium last year? <laughs> Boy, I've got this question so much. I ain't going to lie to you. It, it, it's a different feeling, of course, to, to catch a touchdown as an offensive lineman in general. But it, it's, definitely, it's definitely up there. Yes, sir. All right. Well, we're hoping you're going to have more Great football moments at Nissan Stadium now that you're part of the Titans. Why did you think the Titans were the best fit for you in 2021? I mean, you can look at it. You guys know as well as I do. The brand of football that's played here is top-notch. I mean, from an offensive standpoint, I mean, the way the guys are dominant running the ball, you know, the offensive line room, the coaches. I mean, I've known Coach Variable literally since my first year in Houston. I've been around Ben Jones, David Quisenberry, who was here. I mean, I, I've got guys throughout the, ro the roster. Even Darrington Evans comes from literally my backyard in Boone at App State. I mean, it's just good football here. And then at the same time, you know, you guys win, which is a beautiful thing. I mean, I'm just trying to come here and help as I can. So you're saying Derrick Henry was part of the decision? <laughs> I mean, let, let, let's be honest. You know, in Cleveland, we have phenomenal running backs, Kareem and Nick Chubb, two of literally the top tier. Like, it speaks for itself. But as everyone here calls him the king, you know, to, to be able to block for a man like that. I mean, I played against him when I was in Houston, of course. I mean, he, that, that's a grown man running the ball. So if I can open any type of hole and help that man, 
you know, I'm all for it. How do you see your role sort of unfolding with the 2021 Titans? To be completely honest with you, it, it's still to be seen. You know, I, I come here just to help as I can. I'm going to put my best foot forward. You know, this will be my seventh year in the NFL, so I, I've been around. You know, I've been in various systems, various offensive line rooms, various teams. And the one thing that I've always, you know, stuck true to is whatever the team needs, man. You know, I, I'm a team guy. If, if I'm called upon to play, I'll always do my best to be ready. So we'll, we'll see when the time comes. What's the best thing Kendall Lamb does as an offensive lineman? Mm. I mean, besides working hard and everything, you know, I just bring my athleticism. You know, I, I play the game very fast. I try to play the game as an athlete. You know, I, I, as I tell people on the edge, man, we dance. Like, we literally dance with the defensive ends, outside linebackers. And really and truly, I enjoy dancing. Even on the football field, outside of my lady, you know, I enjoy dancing. So I, I try to, you know, bring my flavor and bring my style to, to the game. But most importantly, I, I try to be a very good teammate. You know, I try to learn the offensive lineman. I try to learn my teammates in general. And, you know, I help as I can. As you learn the craft, a lot of times as an offensive lineman, you learn it in meeting rooms and you learn it in practice. And right. you've played for some good coaches, undoubtedly. But I think about what it's been like in practice for you with the Houston Texans and with the Cleveland Browns, who you've had to block in practice, that has to be a great help to you as you come into this situation with the Titans. Now, who are you telling? You know, my first year in, in Houston, it speaks for itself. You know, I, I knew Clowney before the NFL, being from Charlotte, him being from Rock Hill, going against him and JJ, even climbing to the second level, trying to block Brian Cushing. I can literally go down the list if you would like me to. And then leaving Houston and going to Cleveland, seeing Miles Garrett every day, going against Olivier Vernon, climbing to the, to the second level, trying to block Kirko, you know, Kirksey, and then Joe Schobert. I've literally had the fortune of legit going against top-tier people no matter what, day in and day out in practice. So when you go against that, you have to rise to the occasion every day. So on Sundays, I mean, it's literally second nature. Kendall, finally, I know you're, you're new, and, and this is very new. You're just getting into this situation but is there anything that you've learned about the Titans over the last few days that you didn't know from the outside that you were excited to learn? Of course, phenomenal organization. I could tell that playing them twice a year when I was in Houston for four years. But, you know, every year is different. And Jack Conklin came to us in Cleveland last year, and I got to have long conversations with him about how he truly enjoyed Tennessee and the guys in that offensive line room and the guys in this locker room. So, you know, just having certain conversations, I, I touched base with Ben Jones when the time came, just be reunited and coming in here into that style of offensive line room and this type of team is very, very exciting. And it's something that, you know, from the outside I could see, but to be inside it now and to be a part of that is something that's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, I lied. There's one more question. Is <laughs> it true good. that in your contract you were requiring the Titans to throw you the ball on multiple occasions? You know, if if you want me to go through the, through the times with you, I caught a pass in Houston against Buffalo my first year, my rookie year. Now we elevated last year to catching a pass in Cleveland now to touchdown. So if you want to say, I mean, I've caught a pass in the NFL game for both teams that I've been on. I may have wiggled something in there to make sure it happens here, but that'll be to be soon. Yes, sir. Good guy, good personality. Kendall Lamb visiting with us on the OTP. You always get the entertaining guys, Mike. He was entertaining. Yep. You know who was not a big talker was Danico Autry. Doesn't need to talk, just play. Just play. Yep. Not a, not a, not a big talker. No. My most exciting moment of the week, though, 
Yeah. Jayon Brown returning. Ugh. We talked about it on the practice field back in December with Coach Mack. We stood there and said, you know, there there may be a real chance because he plays a position where there's not going to be high early demand. Inside linebackers generally don't come flying off the free agent board. And so you're saying, especially in this marketplace, he may just say, you know what? I want to be back with the Titans. Yeah, I think that for Jayon, he clearly likes this team, likes the style. We've seen him work really closely with Mike Vrabel. It seems that they have a good relationship in the way that Vrabes is able to teach Jayon and really help him with some one-on-one improve his game. But he seems to really enjoy being here. And so for him at a position that doesn't, as you say, kind of fly off the shelves early, being a little smaller guy who's been really successful in this specific scheme with this specific group, it seems to me, again, having not talked to him, it seems to me like it made a lot of sense for him to stay here at least for another year, and golly, just such a fun guy, too. For us, I'm so, I mean, I'm happy for Jayon, but I'm also happy for you and me, Mike, because he is <laughs> such a fun guy to work with, and he's so great and so great to the fans. I'm just tickled that he is staying a Tennessee Titan. Well, as I pulled up to the stadium, too, he's one of the guys on the giant, not posters, what would They're you call banners. it? Banners. Banners. Yeah. On the, on the side of Nissan Stadium. So I was like, I bet the marketing guys are thrilled because right, exactly. they have to change that one. Happy for us. Uh, happy for everyone who doesn't have to change the signage. Yes. Happy for everybody. The guys who were let go, that was tough. Yeah, I hate it. Well, but we talked about it on the OTP with Coach Mack last week about what was coming. And we'll see where they go. I mean, The thing about John Robinson this week is he did more than I thought he would do. I thought he would make some moves. I thought he would go get an edge guy. I didn't think he would do all of this, but he still has lots of bullets left in the gun in terms of being able to restructure or release someone else or you know make certain moves. He he has given himself flexibility and I mean to to release your two starting corners that took that took a lot of people aback. Right. The Malcolm Butler one was not as surprising because people knew he was a massive number and he's 31 years old. He played well last year, though. Yeah. It was just a matter of age, what the number was. You had to come up with some money somehow. And, I mean, he was just a victim of circumstances. He did, as Coach Mack said last week, I'll repeat it, he did nothing wrong. He's just caught in circumstances. Yeah, and this we all knew was going to be a hard year for free agency because you just can't keep everybody. And with this Titans team, it's especially hard because there are a lot of playmakers that were in that weird kind of perfect storm of age meets your contract being at a certain point meets how much you are worth which it's a very hard kind of thing to navigate and so we knew there were going to be some people who were going to be let go simply because they hit that spot perfectly it's not a great time to be in your 30s (laughs) and be a football player it's not and and then you get into a situation like where a dory is where he's due 10 plus million and if you take that number off the books you get all 10 million back right you don't have a cost moving forward in in most of the other cases outside of Malcolm 
it was about a player's salary based on where he is as a player. Is he a quote-unquote certain dollar player? And the other thing was about availability from the recent past and potential availability going forward. Right. Has this guy missed time, and are you worried about that, and are you worried about that with what might happen going forward? Because you want the roster to be as healthy as possible. But I, I think while there was some freak out initially, and I, and I mean there was – you know, there was big-time freak-out, you know, right off the bat when Janu and Corey were gone within minutes of one another seemingly on Monday. It was understood when the Titans landed Danico Autry and landed Bud Dupree later in that day because people are saying, you're trading offense for defense. In some cases, you're coming up with cap space because you have to have it, and you're seeing virtually every team in the league do the same thing. Right. Yeah. And you make a good point about availability because in a year where money is so tight across the league, you can't afford to be investing a lot of money in a player that may or may not see the field for substantial amounts of time. That's it. So you've got to do whatever you can to get the most amount of bang for your buck, which sounds very insensitive when you're talking about human beings doing a job, but that's kind of where you're at right now. Well, the other thing, too, is you can't wake up in November and have millions and millions of dollars tied up in players who are on IR. Yep, absolutely. Because you don't have the extra built-in that you've had – in previous years. I'll never forget, we got to the end of the 2005 season. We're playing the Detroit Lions, and we have $17,000 left under the cap entering the final game. We have either five or six guys hurt who can't play. We can only replace one guy. One guy, Amy. Call up from the practice squad. We called Mariko Portis up from the practice squad. Still a great guy. One of my all-time favorite Titans. He's still around the team and has done security things over the years. Fantastic human being. He was the only guy we could call up because I think his number as a call-up was like 13-5. So the Titans finished the year like $3,500 under the cap. This is shaping up like that kind of year. Yeah. So, I, I mean, if if you've got questions about someone's availability potential, you're having to sit there at this moment and go, I even if you don't want to. Right. Right. It's not an indictment on their no. character or their work ethic or their ability to perform. This is coming down to dollars and cents and what can you do for us on the field? Here's what I think this season is going to come down to. I think this season is going to be a lot like what we saw for Tampa. Tampa's 7-5 and five through 12 games, and then they don't lose again. They're like a basketball team in the NCAA tournament this weekend who gets hot. I think it's going to take teams time to really gel because it doesn't look like we're going to have the full gathering of OTAs. You're going to have veteran switch teams – A lot of teams are going to get younger. A lot of teams are going to rely on their draft. So the injury factor is maybe even more important because if you lose a bunch of dudes and and you're sitting there with 
$40 million or $50 million worth of players on IR at the end, you don't have a chance to make that run at the end. One of the things Tampa had, they were healthy. Yep. It always comes down to health. Always, always. Uh, Like, that is the big defining thing in December and January. If you have a healthy team, you can make something happen. Well, look at the Titans. Yep. Physically, let's face it, I I think the Titans were out of gas. Yes. Yeah. And and, and I'm talking about not having Lawan, not having Sam Brylow. I mean, over and over, you know, not having had the guys in the secondary. They were just not a healthy football team at the end. Right. And you know, not having Jayon Brown. I think it made a it made a difference. Tampa, on the other hand, very healthy headed down the stretch. And look at Kansas City, banged up in the offensive line, banged up at a couple other places. But I think it's a bigger factor this year to me because I think teams are going to have more turnover due to the tightening salary cap this year. Right. You're going to have a lot of younger players, a lot of guys who are more inexperienced, who are stepping into bigger roles, who probably can do that, but it takes time to get adjusted. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the cards fall and what teams look like in September as opposed to November. Let's hear from John Robinson. I had a chance to visit with him Friday afternoon to talk to him about the week that was a busy, busy week that saw him uh, have to make a lot of moves and a lot of decisions on a lot of fronts. John, it's been a remarkably busy week. You've signed six new Titans. You have re-signed four Titans. You have released players. You have also seen some of your players sign with other teams. So with all of this going on during the crazy start to free agency 2021, What were the factors that you considered most important as you developed your philosophy about how you were going to handle this week? You know, the the goal is to try to improve the football team, at least in this portion of the start of the roster building process. You know, we've got the draft coming up on a little over a month, but had to make some tough decisions on some players, uh, you know, that have been here for the last couple of years, added some new pieces, and we continue to, you know, to kind of look and see what's left out there in the free agent world and who might fit our football team. All Titans fans were interested to see what you would do in free agency at the edge rusher position. You go out and you get Bud Dupree from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why was he the best answer for the Titans? I remember scouting Bud when he came out of uh, Kentucky. was a first-round pick. Outstanding career uh, there in Pittsburgh. He's big, he's long, he's fast, uh, disruptive off the edge. High motor player that works to get to the ball, whether it's run or pass. He affects the affects the pass or affects the set of the tackle. There's just a lot of factors, you know, that we think will, will really fit well in here to our defense. Danico Autry comes over from the Colts, seems to be a complimentary player to Dupree in terms of his size and strength. What was it about Autry that really grabbed your attention? Yeah, the fact that we don't got to play against him twice a year now, that certainly helped um, that he's with us. But, you know, he's a really versatile player. He can rush from the five technique. He can play down on the, on the guard as a three technique. I mean, heck, Indy even played him some down uh, on the nose tackle. Uh, he can stand up. He can drop into coverage a little bit. Just a really kind of unique chess piece to move around on the front to try to get us an advantage up there. Adding depth at the cornerback position, the veteran Janoris Jenkins, better known as Jack Rabbit, at this point in his career still playing really good football. 
Is speed still the name of his game? He covers his guy. You know, Jack Rabbit, Rabbit gets on his guy and, and he covers him up. He's feisty. He's aggressive. You know, we, we, we talked about not letting his guy catch the ball. And uh, it's something we believe in and something he believes in. And uh, we're excited to add him as well. In terms of the re-signings, you get Jayon Brown back at the linebacker position. Why was Jayon a priority for you? Jayon's playing a lot of good football here for us, you know, in the kicking game, on defense. He's a productive player for us, a good communicator there at the linebacker position, making sure that the coverage in the front matched up. You know, certainly when he went out last uh, season in the 2020 season, you know, we had some guys that stepped up, but he's made a lot of plays and we missed him. Uh, so to get him back and, and his, you know, young veteran presence, if you will, and the front seven was key for us. All four of your tight ends from last year's team, free agents, you've re-signed two of them, Jeff Swaim, who was the newest, and Anthony Ferkser, who's been with you for three seasons now. Those two guys, priorities for the Titans. Why do they fit in that core so well for you going forward? Yeah, two different, you know, stylistically, uh, the way they play the game, the way that we use them, the way that they help our football team, they're, they're different players. Jeff's more of an on the on the ball, into the line of scrimmage. He likes to block. He likes it gritty. He likes it dirty. But he's a big target. You know, he made some big catches for us, you know, in the 2020 season. And Ferkser's, you know, he's good in the slot. He's money on third down. You can sift him around and move him around on some different types of blocks than we use Jeff at. And uh, that, that tandem back uh, with us was, uh, it was important for us. John, you made it clear that your sixth free agency period as a general manager would be the most unusual. You said that beforehand, and it, it seems like it has been unusual overall. Has anything about how it has unfolded all around the league surprised you at all? Yeah, you never know with free agency. It's you know, it's kind of the it's kind of the wild, wild west once the you know that window opens where you can start to have those discussions and you see guys you know, come to terms with other with other teams. And, we, you know, we lost some guys this year, you know, some key members, and, and you hate to lose those guys, but that's the way the NFL goes. You know, you, you've got to um, be prepared for that, and, and you have to make some decisions on where you're going to allocate your resources to how you're going to construct your team. Uh, I'm excited about the guys that we have back, and I wish those guys that, you know, that, that have moved on to other teams uh, nothing but the best, except for when they play us. John, how do you see the next week of free agency going for the entire league? Yeah, I think the dust is starting to settle a little bit. You know, you're starting to see some of the some of the numbers uh, come down on some players. You know, we've still got some some lines in the water on a couple guys. Uh, I don't know how active we'll continue to be. We're just going to kind of monitor the situation, see if it's the right fit for some guys, if they're still available to come on the team, and really continue to focus on uh, on preparing for the draft. Yeah, I was going to ask, does your preparation really turn back more toward the draft now? Yeah, I'll be on some pro days next week. You know, we've got some Zoom calls with, with prospects. You know, we've probably already done, I don't know, 70 to 80 initial Zoom calls. I know our coaches are talking to these guys as well. Our scouts are on the road going to pro days. That data's coming in. I watched a couple pro days uh, video-wise that's coming through our server system. So, you know, continuing to evaluate these prospects, seeing how they're going to fit, getting to know them you know, over um, Zoom calls, which is, it can be a little difficult, but, you know, we're managing through it and uh, we're going to make the best of it. Finally, John, with all the challenges that you entered the week with, really every team had challenges, but from your specific standpoint, are you pretty pleased how the first five days of all this has gone for the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, I mean, I think the guys that, that we've added to, to the football team um, were guys that we targeted, guys that we were excited to try to go after and get. There were some other guys that, you know, we had some talks with that, 
you know, we just couldn't get to where um, they were financially with other teams. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about these guys. They're excited to be here. What we've got going here, the locker room, the types of guys that we have here, the style of football we want to play, players talk about it. And it, it was cool to hear, you know, these new additions come in and, and visit with them and talk to, talk to them about, you know, what other teams, what other players around the league think about our program. Uh, it's nothing but first class, and uh, they were excited to join. So to sum up John Robinson there, Amy Wells, I would say so far so good. That's what I would probably go with is that he seemed satisfied with the start, even though he probably didn't get everybody he wanted. Mm -hmm. He knows there is more work to do. But it's very clear from him and from other GMs and from watching around the league, I think the process really slows down more dramatically than normal as we go into, you know, moving towards a week of full free agency. Yeah, there was a lot of excitement early like there is, but I don't think there's going to be that strong second wave that we're used to seeing because we also have to remember the draft is upon us. It's close, and there's still a lot of weird quirks to this year's draft process. Last year, there were dramatic changes in how things were happening because the world was shutting down around us as scouts were getting ready for the 2020 draft. Now the 2021 draft is a little bit different, but there's still a lot of virtual components. There was no combine this year. There's a lot of pro days that are happening. Everybody's got to get all of their notes together, get their entire scouting department in the room and start to have those conversations. So I think back burner is not the right word, but I think that free agency falls from the forefront for a lot of teams. I agree. I, I think you put it well there. I, I've always said there are three phases of free agency. There's the initial rush. There's phase two that leads up to the draft. And then there's the third phase, which comes after the draft and sort of drips all the way to the start of training camp. Like Jeff Swain was last year. Jeff Swain gets picked up in August this year. I don't think the second phase is – I think it looks more like the third phase. I think you're going to see drips. I think you're going to see guys get grabbed. But I, I know what Titans fans are saying right now. They're saying, hey, we need a wide receiver. Well, okay, let's look at what the wide receiver market is right now. Juju Smith-Schuster didn't get what anybody thought he was going to get. He goes back to Pittsburgh at $8 million a year on a one-year deal. You're seeing a lot of one-year deals with receivers – and the Titans may well grab one of those veterans on a one-year deal. The other thing we know, though, could be as many as eight receivers picked in the top 50 of what is another great wide receiver draft. So if you only have $11 million on the books right now, are you going to invest 3 or $4 million in a veteran wide receiver when you know A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and guys like that went in the second round yeah. two years ago. I mean, you, you're able to find some of those players that cost you a lot less and might even be better players, and you could take that money, hang on to it for a minute, and do something else. It's the same with corners. Yep. Now, if you want a starter, you might have to take a corner in the first round. You might not have to take a wide receiver in the first round. It's a very good year, a very good year to have extra draft picks, and the Titans do. Yep. If I'm a 
general manager for an NFL team, which thank God I'm not. But if I were, what I would probably be doing now is turning most of my attention to the draft because drafted players are cheaper. Fill my roster with those. And then let's see what we're still working with. Let's see what, who's right. still out on the market. Let's, uh, by that point, maybe training camp has come around. Maybe we've had some workouts. Maybe I can see what we've got. And then you start to plug and play a little bit. That's how I'm approaching this. Well, and I think some agents are going to go to teams yep. right now because there are more players right now than there are jobs. And there are more players than there is money at this moment. And so I think an agent's going to pick up the phone and, and call John Robinson and say, you need a corner. I've got a guy. He fits what you do and will come there for a year at this price. I think you're going to get into some let's make a deal with some players being smart, knowing that not only are they going to have to go somewhere on one-year deals, that's not a revelation, but I think – Guys are going to target places where they think they can be successful because while the market is going to go up some next year, we don't know. It may or may not bounce back in well, the way that but everybody hopes. Don't get fooled by the TV contract talk, folks. Don't get fooled because that doesn't hit until 23. Mm. The 17th game is going to be the reason the salary cap goes up from 182.5. The majority of the, you know, that's the re It's going to go back up next year. The question is, how much does it go back up? But it's not going to accelerate because of the TV contracts next year. There are still losses to pay off from 2020, and the players are 48% partners of the owners. Yep. And so the owners are paying part of it. And the players are paying part of it in terms of the losses. The actual loss, the cap would have been, had they taken all the losses this year, the cap would have been $155 million. Would have dropped by $43 million. Yeah. Instead, it's one eighty two five because they're like, okay, we'll, we'll sort of mitigate this this year so we don't have a disaster because we think as we pick up some more revenue this next year, then we can offset some of the losses. That's the idea. And, you know, so they, they kind of made a deal, but the owners made clear, if we have a 2020 season and you guys all get paid, you'll get all your money, but you know there are going to be some haircuts in 2021. It's going to be interesting to see the next three years. I think in 10 years, we will look back at, the 2021-22 seasons as somewhat of an anomaly. Do you know what they're projecting the cap to be like in 10 years? No. Like 380. Whoa. 380. Do we get some of that? <laughs> you know the answer to that. That's a big N-O, folks. Nope. But with these TV contracts, with the streaming deal with Amazon, with all the, the bits and pieces that are out there, if you're a young player, you're going to be just fine. If you can make it to 2023, you're going to be just fine because that's the year it will accelerate dramatically. But a lot of the decisions that a John Robinson and his 31 other compatriots as general managers are having to make is based on this year the number's down and next year you don't know. 
Right. And you have to plan for the I don't know of next year. Right. That's what you have to plan for because while this year is strange and hard to maneuver, you can't get caught unaware in 22. Right. This you couldn't plan for. Right. But 22 you can. Because you you didn't know there was going to be a pandemic when you were signing deals in 2018 and 2019. You had no idea. Right. So you couldn't anticipate that this was going to hit this way. But, I I mean, if you look around the league at some of the players who have been waived, I mean, the Titans released three of their four starters in the secondary. There are teams, I think the Raiders have released three starting offensive linemen. Yep. I I mean, it's where you can take out the numbers and where you think you can add back the players. It's a difficult situation. I have to say that I feel so much better today than I did this time last week. Well, that's good, Mike. Because of Bud Dupree, because of Danico Autry, because of Janoris Jenkins being able to get these players, as much as anything, and I'll say it, and and people probably think I'm overstating it because I love him, and I do, Jayon Brown. I mean, to get Jayon back, we were playing better on defense when Jayon got hurt. We were – stopped Baltimore that day had given Jackson another hard time, had done a good job overall, and there it was. We lose kind of that signal caller. He's such an important guy to Vrabel. He and Vrabel have that tight relationship. Mike relies on him. And when when the Titans lost him, it changed everything so much from a first of all, he makes a lot of plays. Second, he's a good coverage linebacker. Third, he calls the defense. Yep. And I want to see him play with Bud Dupree, with Harold Landry, with Big Jeff, with Danico Autry. Uh, I think it's going to be good for Rashawn Evans as well. So far, so good. So far, so good. I think that's the title of this week's OTP, right? What what a catchy title it is. You like that? I really, really do. Well, Amy, when it comes to your health care coverage, you should be the one to make the call. Not not anyone else. No, nope, just me. So call Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Now, I, I guess I keep saying a week in the books. It's not really because the legal tampering was really not part of free agency. It's really, I it's mean, been te- a couple days. Well, I mean, technically, as we tape it, it's been 48 hours. Not really. Yeah. It's kind of. Yeah, but it, right. A, a week is round. A week. There was news for a week. It, it, the week that was. Well, it's fun. It is fun. Boy, it feels good to have things to talk about and to have real Titans news. Well, and to, when they got Danico Autry, I thought I was, I mean, I thought I was going to jump. I was so happy. We haven't blocked him yet. Well, we don't have to anymore. Not anymore. Nope. And then Bud Dupree, I mean, that was like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was much jubilation in the Wells household. Yeah. As these were announced. Yeah, because the, because the Bud Dupree thing, it's like, we, wow, we really got Bud Dupree. Yep, we really did. I mean, that was a big one. To land those two guys, I mean, your defense was better on Monday immediately. And, you know, now there's more work to do. You know, they've got to figure out. I mean, I, mean, I think Amani Hooker is a, is a factor in this decision because I think Amani's got a chance to play at the safety spot with Kevin Byard. I, I think Kevin Byard may benefit from having these guys up front because all of a sudden some footballs are going to be thrown up in the air that people don't want to throw. 
Right, absolutely. And Kevin Byer gets the chance to focus on making plays and not focus on the constantly changing personnel around him. We hope. It's fair. You know, I think think the Tennessee Titans got better this week. I do too. In spite of the fact that there were subtractions of good players and good people, I think the Titans got better. Work to be done, undoubtedly, and – you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I think you're right. I think the focus, as John sort of alluded to, I think the focus turns to draft now, and it's hard to believe the draft is six weeks away. Mike, time is flying But a lot by. of the heady pro days are in the next two weeks. Yep. And the pro days are a big deal with no combine. You said it. Yeah, they are. I mean, and it's it's so interesting to me how all of these pro days are working and how everything is so valuable now because having been to pro days before, they were important, but a lot of guys had already done it at the Combine. So this was more just – it almost felt like a formality. Right. It felt like a senior send-off. You know, you have a lot of guys who are working out. There's a couple guys who maybe won't do things at their pro day because they did at the Combine – or who are doing things at their pro day that they didn't do at the combine. So you're there for like one or two big moments and everything else is just giving guys a shot. But now pro days are pressure. They're, they're the deal. It's a high pressure situation. This is your moment. And we can't go. And we can't go. I mean, pro days are finally good and we can't go. We can't like go. what in the world? Yep. Oh well. But it, it's just it's very interesting to me because Pro days have always been something that's kind of a lax situation. You see a lot of people. Unless Vrabel is there working out defensive linemen. And then you see all of them. Their eyes get real big, and they're like, you want us to hit you? You want like, us to hit real? you? You're, like, a, you're an NFL head coach. You want us to whack you one? And he, yeah. he does. He wants you to. He wants you to hit him. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. That's the best part of pro days. The best part of the OTP, Amy, is working with you. Thank you for, so Aww, much for your time. Mike. And Ashley Farrell. And Brian Myers, thank you so much. I'm just gobsmacked. A, a little sneaky, oh, I'm sorry nice about that. thing. Oh, there we are. Mm-hmm. Back mm-hmm. to your regularly scheduled programming. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that does it for this update on the OTP. Good stuff. For Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Thanks for joining us and listening to the official Titans podcast, the OTP. Where the legends go, everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history, greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.